Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. This season, we're tackling common challenges teachers face every day in the classroom, from dealing with parents, to feeling discouraged, to managing homework, and everything in between. This week, we're talking about grading writing, which is something that can totally bog you down and take up your entire weekend if you're not careful. But I have an awesome way that I use to grade writing. I was going to say super quickly, but I don't think, I'm not sure there's any way to grade writing super quickly, but it definitely, definitely sped up the process. And I'm hoping it can help those of you um, that need to grade writing and get it done much more quickly. I'm going to link, there's going to be some resources that you can download that go along with this episode, and you can get them all at teachfortheheart.com slash grade quickly. All right. So yes, it's a little bit background on where this method came from. Um, when I was teaching, I taught mostly math, but one my second subject was English, and I loved teaching it. And in particular, I taught um, some middle school English. And remember the first time I was sitting there with a stack of papers to grade, and I was just thinking, there's got to be a way to do this without it taking forever. <laughs> um, and I just, I knew that I had to think of, I had to think of a way to do it efficiently and well without it taking forever. So I really just sat down and was brainstorming, what can I do? And as I thought about it, there's really two things, time, waster, time wasters, when it comes to grading writing. Now, don't get me wrong. Students need feedback when it comes to their writing. They need to know how they can improve and why they got the grade they grade they that, that they got. But I was thinking how writing a bunch of individual comments takes forever. And it can be especially inefficient when you're writing the same comment over and over and over and over again on everybody's paper. So I thought there has got to be a better way to give meaningful feedback other than completely marking up the entire paper. Uh, the second thing that can that, that is just a huge time waster, at least in my point of view, was doing the math on a rubric. Now, if you love rubrics, great. I don't love them. And here's why. For me, it doesn't take that long to develop a pretty good sense of what paper's an A, a B, a C, etc. So what ends up happening, at least for me, is you take the rubric and you end up doing all the math and you end up just telling yourself, how can I make these numbers add up to a C. I know this should be a C. And so you do all the math and then you say, oh, this is really too high of a grade. I got to add some stuff back in. Or this is really too low. They, this, this, this came out lower than I thought it should be. I'm going to add some points back in. And for me, it is a ton of wasted time. Now, once again, if Rubik's are your saving grace and you love them and you feel like that they are your lifeline, then go for it. But for me, um, like I said, it was just a slave. I was wasting time wasting time with the math. And the math wasn't helping me come up with a grade. It was just a way to justify the grade to the students. And I thought if this math, this rubric is only here to justify the grade, there's got to be a better way to do this. And so I sat down and thought, I've got to be able to come up with a better system, a system that is fair and accurate and gives students lots of feedback but without my having to write everything down. So I came up with a system, and it is called a checklist system. And here's how it works. So 
By the way, um, you can get a sample of this checklist that I use um, at teachfortheheart.com slash grade quickly. Um, and instead of pulling the checklist out, I actually have an entire writing unit that shows my entire writing process and how I teach it to students. And then at the end, it shows how I um, do that. So um, I... I I have an example of how I do all of this, and you can feel free to use the unit with your own students too. Um, that's at teachfortheheart.com slash grade quickly. Anyhow, um, so I'll do my best to describe it to you since I obviously can't show it to you on the podcast. So first thing you do is create a checklist of everything you're grading. So this is actually similar to a rubric, but you just don't put in there like point values. You're not saying each thing is worth so many points. You just write down everything that you have. You Write a list of everything you want the students. So there could be sections, if you want, for content, for writing style, for mechanics, for formatting. Um, this can be as complex or as simple as you want. You could choose to just focus on a few key things, um, or you could choose to have multiple set to focus on multiple things. It's really up to you, but you're just making a checklist. Now, this is an optional step, this step number two, but I think it's powerful. Give the students the checklist as part of the rewriting stage. And now, once again, I show you this in the example unit, the example writing that I give you at teachfortheheart.com slash grade quickly. But I would have my students, when it gets to the rewriting phase, I would give them this checklist or a very similar one. And it was their job to go through and check for all these things. They would just check them off. Um, so not only does this help them rewrite their paper, because let's admit, a lot of students are confused. I don't know about Maybe you do better at teaching this than my high school teachers did, but I remember in high school not and, and middle school never understanding the point of doing multiple drafts. Like I kind of got like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm fixing my mistakes, but I didn't really – like I just basically rewrote them and looked for mistakes. Like I didn't really know what I should be doing. So this checklist really helps them see, oh, okay, these are all the things I need to fix and the things I need to look for. Not only that, but it also ensures you're crystal clear on exactly what you expect and exactly what you're going to be looking for when you grade. So there's no students coming going, I didn't know I was supposed to do this. It was right on the checklist. The checklist is, you know, basically the same as the grading list. I sometimes make the checklist in um, like more in direct commands like, you know, look through your paper and change this to this. And then in the, in the um, you know, change active passive voice to active. And then on the grading sheet, I just say active voice. Um, so sometimes it's a little bit different wording, but it doesn't have to be. It could even be the exact same piece of paper. Um, but either way, they know what your expectations are. All right, so let's review. So far, we created a checklist of everything we want to grade. We give the students the checklist in the rewriting stage. Now, the next thing you're going to do is create a simple key. And what I mean by this is, this is what I do. On the top of mine, I simply say, areas circled need improvement. Check marks or smiley faces indicate things that are done well. So that's my system. Circles are things that need help. Check marks and smiley faces mean things that are done well. And if something's left blank, it means it was... Neither poor nor amazing. It was just kind of average. Um, so that's my key. You can use whatever system you want. So then the next step is simply use that key to indicate what was well done and what needs improvement. So when it comes time to grade the paper, all you have to do is go through the checklist and either put checks or smileys, which I like to use, by anything that was done well, circle anything that's done poorly. Areas that were okay but not impressive, you just leave blank. This ensures the student has a whole lot of feedback 
without you needing to write a bunch of comments. You've clearly indicated the things he needs to work on, and you can even do better when you write your checklist. You can be really clear on there what what you mean, so that it has um you know when you have the students can clearly get that feedback right there, and you just circle the things that are relevant to them. Now, here's where the real, so that we've saved ourselves time by not needing to write a whole lot of comments. I would rarely write a comment, uh, maybe a good job or something, but um, you just don't need it after you've given all of that feedback. Then finally, give a holistic grade. Or if you're not comfortable giving a holistic grade, you could use the number of need improvements or circled items to assign and grade. So I don't know about you, but after grading a few stacks of papers, uh, I got to the point where I intuitively knew what grade to give. I could read a paper and say, this is a B paper. I, I know it is. Or, you know, this is a C. You know, nine times out of 10, I just knew what the grade was. And I just put that on there. Um, so so if you're like me, just go with your gut. Honestly, there, there was no need to, def- I, and I never had any trouble having to defend that grade because I defended it with all of the feedback I'd given just by circling and check marks and smileys. The students could clearly see why they got the grade they did. Now, there were times when I wasn't sure. There's always that kind of odd paper that you're like, mm, I'm not sure where this should land. So if I was ever struggling you can have some type of system in your head. So in other words, if you struggle with this and you're like, I kind of, I'm scared to ditch the Rubik. I'm not sure I can grade. I'm not sure I just will holistically know the grade. Um, You can do a a point system in your head. So for example, sometimes I did something like, okay, everything I circle in content is five points off. Every time, every problem in formatting is one point off. So I just say, okay, there's three mistakes, uh, three things I circled in content. So that's 15 points off and one formatting error. So that's 16 points off. They get an 84. Um, so that math is still much faster than coming up with numbers and grabbing your calculator with a rubric. Um, so it still saves a ton of time because you don't have to like do the math and then double check the math and then, you know, adjust it again. It, it's still way faster, but it can help you get to a grade if you're not comfortable just doing it in your head. Honestly, I loved this system and I Like I said, I think my students loved it. I never got any complaints about it. It gives a lot of encouragement. Remember all those smileys. And it gives lots of constructive feedback too without your having to write a million notes. And like I said, I I can't ever remember a student ever arguing with me about their grade. They, They never were like, why did I get this grade? It was always very clear from the checklist. So I would totally call that a win win. And one more note about this. You might be thinking, well, what about what like don't I need to mark all their spelling errors and like mark all their problems on their page? No, you don't. <laughs> um, it's okay, you know, as as you go through and read it, if you wanna if you wanna jot down a few things on the actual paper itself, you can. If you wanna, you know, underline a few things or something. But honestly, I, I think sometimes we English teachers fall into this trap of thinking like we have to mark every single thing that's wrong in their paper, and we don't. Not only do they get discouraged by seeing this paper with a sea of red on it, but like why is it our it's not our job to be their proofreader. It's their job to learn to proofread. So don't feel like you have to point out every single mistake to them uh, by circling, you know, spelling errors that indicates there's spelling errors in here. They can go back and find them on their own. Um, so don't feel like you, I, I think if I'm remembering right, when I would grade, if I notice something, I, I might circle some things or 
you know, I, I might call attention to a few things as I went through, but I never, ever felt obligated to mark every single grammatical mistake, every single problem, and explain it to them on your paper. You don't need to do that. Um, you've already done that in your teaching process, hopefully. And once again, you marked on the checklist what the problems were. So if they have questions about that, they can come talk to you and you can talk to them about that. Um, and that's going to be more meaningful feedback like I said, then then trying to mark every single thing on their paper. So I hope this has been helpful. If you have follow-up questions, I'd love to hear them. You can leave them at teachfortheheart.com slash grade quickly. And then once again, um, I have an example of my grading list check of my grading sheet checklist, as well as it's actually part, like I said, of an entire unit that I put together that showcases the way I teach writing. It shows the different checklists that I use throughout the writing process and how they go with the grading uh, the grading sheet. So you can see an example of that at teachfortheheart.com slash grade quickly. Speaking of time management, before I go, just wanted to mention that coming up at the end of the month, um, actually not the end of this month, it'll be the end of June, there'll be another chance to join um, Angela Watson's 40-Hour Teacher Workweek Club. And this is just, this type of practical help is just one of so many examples of things that she will teach you how to do in the 40-Hour Teacher Workweek Club. Angela has taken so many of these areas that just bog us down. And she addresses, I, I want to say every single one of them. I don't know if you can do every single one, but it's practically every single one. I mean, there's an entire month on how to cut time with grading and assessment, um, focus on parent communication, on homework, on organizing and prioritizing, prioritizing tasks, another month on routines, a month on lesson planning, a month on systems. Uh, it's just amazing. Um, so if you want to find out more about this club, like I said, you can join it. It only opens up for new members twice a year. And we're coming up on one of the enrollment periods here at the end of June, beginning of July. So you can find out more info about that at teachfortheheart.com slash 40 hour teacher. And I'll link to that as well in this show notes at teachfortheheart.com slash grade quickly. Thank you so much for being here. It's been such a pleasure. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can do us a huge favor and spread the word by sharing it with a friend. You can also leave a review um, in Apple Podcasts, and that would be a great help in helping people to find this show. Thanks so much for being here. Looking forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.